Welcome to Simple Faith with host Dale Carlson, bringing solid Christian answers to your questions and concerns. Changing Radio. Here's host Dale Carlson. Saturday afternoon, it's Simple Faith, and we're here with Jim Barnes and Bob Bolmier and one of our friends, uh, Dan Mahoney from Morningstar Ministries. Uh, we're happy to have him back and, and be able to uh, talk to him a little bit about uh, what's going on in his ministry. Uh, before we get started here, um, I just want to mention that last week we had uh, we had somebody on from uh, Heather Hecht on from Feed My Starving Children, and we are launching ourselves into another pack for uh, for meals. Uh, whenever we can raise the money, we're, we're, we we just got started, and uh, um, we're we've already packed five hundred ninety thousand meals over the last uh, three times we've done this uh, operation and. And we've got a goal of a million meals, and I'd love to finish that uh, before I croak. Uh, <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna try to pack a million meals. We started we started with um, getting our website up up and going again. MillionMealsMain.org. Uh, Heather Hecht was telling us stories. You know, one that comes to my mind that she told last week was about uh, the fact that they sell they they take clay out of the ground and they mix it up with some spices and and dry it and then they sell it in the market so the kids have something to go into their stomach uh, to keep them full yeah. uh, so they're not crying at night and and uh, boy we want to help those kids and we yeah. want to we want to as, as as Christmas especially as Christmas is approaching we want to we want to. Um, we want to provide food for those kids, so you can you can do that by uh, by making a donation at millionmealsmain.org. Um, uh, you can you can hear a little bit about the stories. You can feed my starving children. You can look at some of the videos that they've got. It's very very interesting, and we would love to finish that off. Now I, we had a we had a lady. Her name is Edie, and I want to say happy birthday, Edie. And Edie was. Uh, it was involved in our packs in the past, and she just turned 50 years old. And uh, so happy birthday happy to birthday. Edie. And uh, she told her friends, she said, uh, don't give me gifts. You know, make a donation to millionmealsmain.org, and, uh, and we have had donations. And we're, after the first week, just mentioning last week, we've raised about $1,300 for, uh, for, oh. for, um, to, to, uh, to uh, fund this pack. We're, our goal is 30000 minimum. Uh, 120,000 would uh, would would pack the meals we need to get to a million meals, and that would be great. So, with that being said, I'd like to uh, um, uh, say hi to Dan. Hello. Welcome, welcome back. Thank you. W- welcome back. Uh, tell us a little bit about what's going on at uh, at Morningstar Ministries these days. <coughs> well, Morningstar Ministries is a, as you know, a Christian program that uh, that. Uh, it's a re- residential, and it integrates the 12 steps of AA with uh, uh, Catholic faith. And uh, so it's in, a re- it's in a building that has uh, two floors, and the top floor is kind of a pilot project about a year or so ago, uh, was, was devoted to uh, uh, men that were Catholic that, want, that wanted to get clean and sober and return to the faith, or some that wanted to be clean and sober and felt like the Catholic faith may uh, enhance that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Unbeknownst to us, uh, the Holy Spirit had a, a, a plan plus. Okay. <laughs> he does uh, that once in a while. That, yes. Because yes. the bottom floor was just a, is, is just set up to be a general recovery residence for men looking to get clean and sober. <clears throat> and the Holy Spirit has filled that floor with men getting sober through the 12 steps and the uh, Protestant evangelical faith. <coughs> Excuse me. And so uh, 
So usually downstairs, there's six men on each floor. And usually downstairs, somewhere between four and five out of six are uh, men getting uh, clean and sober through the 12 steps and uh, evangelical churches. And then usually have like one or two guys that are watching the Catholics and the Protestants interact and trying oh. to figure out. Uh, you mean it, it is possible for uh, Protestants and Catholics to interact, right? They are indeed. <laughs> yeah, they do. <laughs> we, uh, yeah, we do. We have, uh, uh, even though there's a top floor and a bottom floor, and for the most part it's separate, not intentionally, but just by numbers, because sometimes there'll be an overflow one floor down or one floor up. <laughs> but we, we we have house meetings together, <coughs> recovery meetings together. And so every Sunday we have a house meeting where everybody reports in with, mm-hmm. have you talked to your sponsor? Have you, uh, how many meetings have you gone to? Did you go to church? Did you do your chore? Did you, what's your recovery goal? What's your uh, life goal? And uh, it's all the guys together, the Protestant guys, the Catholic guys, and the guys that are not quite sure uh, What's going on? What's here going yet? on? Yeah. <laughs> and so, in that time, there's a lot of prayer, yeah. and uh, and so uh, uh, there's a lot of prayer in common. But often, uh, there's a lot of prayer in common. There's a lot of discussing of scripture in common. But then also, uh, e- either either side, Protestant, Catholic, will hear something that the other group says and say, "Well, I like that. Where's that from?" You know? Yeah. yeah I, I don't think God keeps track of whether you're Protestant or no. Catholic. He keeps track of what the relationship is that we have with him. And Dan, I know that you're a brother in Christ because sure. I've been I've been there, I've sure. seen your operation. Sure. And uh and it is from the heart of Jesus and I know that. Well what's great of it great about it is that the the, the negative side is that division among Christians is the enemy's greatest. Absolutely. Yeah. If he Absolutely. Can, if he can make us look like a bunch of uh fighting, babbling fools, mm-hmm. well, then he's got a great uh, inroad uh, to doing his work. But uh, unity of the brotherhood is of the Spirit. That's you know? right. The That's Holy right. Spirit's Amen. most important action is unity, unifying uh, believers in Christ to be a part of the uh, community of saints for eternity. Yeah. But but that's really the main theme of Paul the Apostle. Sure. I mean, in Philippians, mm-hmm. and then we see in Ephesians and, and other places where Paul speaks of the key of unity mm-hmm. because Satan is a author of division, mm-hmm. and he'll do it within the Protestant ranks. Sure, and, and you got Baptists that will that won't sit with a charismatic and right. and. and you know, and so on, sure. and and those. Of course, we know that that's uh, that's not of the Lord, right? No, but the power of the love of Jesus can break down those walls. Yes, He can. <clears throat> what is it? Uh, Don't even try to put them up. Sure, <laughs> yes, He'll break them down. It, I think it's the Book of Acts, isn't it, where it says, "Are are you of Peter? Are you of Paul? Yeah. yeah. Are you of Apollos? Apollos yeah. Or are you of Jesus mm-hmm. Christ?" Yeah. 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 He said, uh, "Which one of them died for you?" Yeah. <laughs> Only one. <laughs> Jesus, yep. That's right. That's right. Well, you've got uh, your your house is full now, isn't it? I think the last time we talked, you had a couple empty beds, but yeah. uh, you're 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 right. You're bursting at the seams. Actually, one empty, one bed emptied on Friday. Yeah. And today we got a call, and a guy's coming off the street in Lawrence, Mass, on Monday. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so that's great. Uh, uh, what's really great is uh, we were talking before we went on air. <laughs> is it usually, uh, you know, recovery programs and uh, recovery residences, uh, you screen because there's only certain people you can help. Some people, because of mental illness and different things, are just so beat up that it's it's so hard. They need to, more. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and unfortunately, in many ways, more doesn't exist. Yeah. And that's not, yeah. uh, that's not a criticism of any hospital or treatment program. It's just some people are so beaten up. Uh, that it's hard to actually serve them. And somehow in the past year, we've been able to, uh, my colleague Dylan is uh, has come from a really horrendous background, and through faith in Christ, he's been, he's been pulled out of uh, just some really tough stuff. And so because of his knowledge and some of the things that we've put together <clears throat> of recent, we've really been able to reach out to uh, some chronically homeless people, some people with extreme mental illness, and uh, really been able to help them. That's wonderful. And, uh, oh, great. Yeah, 
and you know, you know, it's one day at a time. Mm-hmm. You know, will it? It's working today. Will it work tomorrow? Who knows? But people that you know for a very, very, very long time have not uh, been clear in their head because of drugs and mental yeah. illness struggles and. You were telling us a little bit about Dylan when we uh, before we got on the air, and I've met Dylan, and right. uh, he's he loves the Lord with all his heart, and I I don't know many people that love the Lord as much as Dylan does. Right. You know, it just it just oozes <laughs> out of him. But you know, I think what you said is so important because you know sometimes we get into a situation in which we've been through a lot, and we think there's no way that we can uh, uh, do anything for Jesus because because mm-hmm. of what we've been through, but. So many times, uh, it almost without a, you know, if you haven't been through it, how do you help somebody else go through it? Sure. And so, so those kind of problems that folks have in their life, it doesn't disqualify them. It, it actually qualifies them. God can make anything good. Absolutely. In fact, uh, I have uh, all the education you're supposed to have. And so as I was putting my houses and my prog- program together, People were saying, Dan, uh, why'd, you, why'd you pick that guy? Why'd you pe- pick that guy? And I said, well, my first criteria is that were you wallowing in the bowels of hell? Mm-hmm. And has God reached out his hand and pulled you out? Right. Well, if that's your story, <laughs> you're the guy I want on my team. That's right. Oh, yep. yeah. hallelujah. And, uh, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, there's, there's nothing that uh, – you know the world is so uh, uh, in such damage in right now, and uh, people uh, lack hope. But there's nothing that the blood and the Holy Spirit of Christ cannot turn around. Yeah, it seems yeah. to me I remember a story in the in the New Testament about Jesus running face to coming face to face with. Some guy who terrified everybody, who the demoniac, mm-hmm. oh yeah, who was who was out of his head, and out of control, and nobody right. knew how to handle him, and Jesus just stepped right up. Well, and you know, in the modern era with the enlightened thinking, rational thinking, <clears throat> even churches uh, kind of minimize the power of uh, the demonic and the enemy. That's right. <clears throat> and you know, some yep. is re- some some of it really is demonic possession. But even if it's not demonic possession, it's certainly of the enemy of Christ mm-hmm. for people to suffer and be beaten down. Yeah. So on whatever level it is, it's definitely the enemy attacking people. And, you know, we're talking about drugs and alcohol, but one of the common uh, struggles out there that I think people feel def- defeated with is uh, family relationships like divorce. You know? mm-hmm. oh. And uh, the worst relationship can be turned around. If the people uh, trust in Christ and uh, start to do what the scriptures yep. teach takes, them, yeah, takes takes two though. Yeah, takes two. no, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. oh no, Christ yeah, and God's got to be there. The one who said, uh, "I I'm, had the interesting formula for a marriage relationship: yeah. one plus one equals one." Right. I, or, or another way to look at it. Is our math number? Or well, an, another way to look at it is three to get married. Yeah, that. Uh, uh, it has to be you, your spouse, and Christ in the center, and that we all have a God void, and we can have the the perfect person. God can give us the perfect person, and we can have the perfect the, the relationship that's supposed to be there. But if we're trying to fill each other's God void, mm-hmm. uh, we're going to be miserable. But, but this he, is part of the process mm-hmm. that you're leading. That some of the folks that you that come to you for help, part of the process is you lead them through. Is this? thing of reconciling broken marriages and broken homes. Oh, absolutely. You actually get involved in that. Yeah, uh, because if someone, you know, when, when someone struggles with an addiction, it's not just about them. It's about, uh, you know, children and uh, cousins and brothers and sisters and mothers and fathers and spouses. And families get in deep, deep pain yeah. when someone struggles with alcohol or drugs. Um, I was just on on the phone today with two sisters who are doing everything they possibly can to help their brother get clean and sober, and they're in such pain, you know? Yeah. And uh, and I was explaining to them that I get texts all the time uh, from families where someone that we've worked with has died, overdosed and died. And so I have a phone filled, filled of pictures mm-hmm. of, you know, beautiful 
people, mm-hmm. smart, intelligent, gifted, loved, who are gone. You know, uh, you know, between the age of twenty-five and thirty-eight, yeah. young life ahead of them, just robbed. And what it does to families is uh, is just tragic. Wow. Well, I think, um, as, as you say, Dan, that part of the sobriety is owning the pain that you've caused, mm-hmm. and and wanting to reconcile that mm-hmm. pain uh, with those that you've hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that must be a very painful process for them to go through, but it's a necessary one, wouldn't well, you say? Well, it's kind of a funny, it's kind of a, I don't know, funny is probably the wrong word. It's kind of a myst- mystical kind of thing because uh, when, when the, you know, we say the person can't do it themselves, they can't do it alone, but they have to be a part of it. You know they have to, right? You know they have to connect their will to God's will, and allow God's will to pull them out. Mm-hmm. But they have to connect. If they you don't know, connect, but what happens is that when they start working on looking at what they've done to people in their lives, or they do like a moral inventory, uh, it's very painful and scary, and a lot of people back away. They yeah. don't want to do it. But as soon as you've finished doing that, there's this release. Mm-hmm. As soon as you've written it on paper and seen your part and let go of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, turn it over to God. Uh, the, just the opposite happens. This drudgery and pain that holds you back goes away, and this freedom and this power comes from it. And so there's power in looking at all of that and confessing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now these two sisters. W- wait a minute, Jim. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> We've done it again. Yeah, huh? we, we keep talking. We keep <laughs> talking. Into and a it's, break. <laughs> yeah, so much. It's, it's time for time for a break. Uh-huh. If you have a question for Dan. Or a testimony that you'd like to share with us today, you can call us at uh, 725-9224 or text us at uh, 576-5648. We'd love to hear from you. And we will be right back after the break. Don't go away. Don't go away. <laughs> Welcome back from our break. Uh, we're here with Dan Mahoney here today from uh, Morningstar Ministries, uh, Drug and Alcohol Rehab uh, uh, ministry, and uh, we've been talking about uh, the, the break. We've been talking about uh, what that God is doing big things there. That uh, that we we with with our I, I won't say this right, but with our rational minds, we think that uh, that that God can do things, but uh, we really don't believe that God can do big things. And uh, turning these people's lives around, you know, that have been so beaten down, as you've said, is a, is a big thing. And I think uh, one of the things that we kind of expect uh, as, as Christians is is maybe that, you know, once they make that commitment to the Lord, everything's going to be all uh, coming up daisies. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's not the way it works, is it? No, it's not. Uh, but one of the things that, I, that we were talking about was the idea that as Christians, we believe God can work. Right. But sometimes our rational, the limits of our rational thinking kind of keep that in a box. Mm-hmm. You know, re- Using your brain is very important. We don't want to give that away. It's a gift from God. (laughs) But God is infinite, and our ability to think towards his infinity or whatever the Mm. term would be is always going to be limited. And and beyond the limited concepts that we have of him, we have to believe that there's something even greater. Mm -hmm. And so uh, what's happened for us in the past six to ten months is that we've been able to ha- help people because we realize, first of all, it's not about us. God can use us. Mm-hmm. But that God can create miracles in people's lives. And so we've started to believe that, and we've started to cry out and you know, poke them in the e- earlobe and say, come on, you, know? yeah. you say you can do this, yeah. and we believe you, so let's do this. And so we've seen... Uh, you've you know, seen it happen? Yeah, we've seen it happen quite ah. a bit in people's lives that, you know, uh, a year or so ago we wouldn't have been able to reach, you know. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And and take the risk, you know. Yeah. You know, I, I can't do it, but God can do it, so I'll step out and take the risk, you know? Yeah. Well, you, you know, how much of that involves deliverance in the sense of spiritual uh, prayer, you know, for them? Then maybe there, there's something they're bound with mm-hmm. uh, that has caused their failure, over and over, and, and we need to address that. Well, that's a very good point. Uh, neither Dylan and I are, are uh, 
gifted at deliverance. Mm-hmm. And I think you have to be careful trying to do deliverance ministry mm-hmm. if you're not gifted and or trained. <coughs> there are some prayers and approaches that you can use, as a, for lack of a better term, a layman. And then beyond that, there are there's ministry that should be turned over to clergy that mm-hmm. are trained. And so we uh, we have contact with clergy that are trained. And so what we have done is we uh, we will work with people, and if it seems like there's some demonic influence, we'll uh, uh, share with them uh, deliverance prayers that can be done by an untrained layperson, where all you have to be is a Christian, you know? Mm-hmm. But then if it's not really working or it's something that seems beyond beyond what we're doing, then we do have uh, some trained clergy that know actually know actually how to do deliverance ministry and then we involve them. Mm-hmm. But as one of the as one of the guys in your program begins to move towards coming to know Jesus and coming to let God start working in their lives. Now that's not in a sense that they're being trained. Oh, Just sure. through their own willingness, they're being trained. Do, do, do they pray for for one another? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Is, uh, yeah, we have a whole uh, set of uh, deliverance prayer books and people pray for themselves and for each other. Uh, uh, we have, uh, you know, basic everyday recovery prayers. We've got, you know, classic Christian prayer. And... Yeah, uh, yeah. Actually, now that you mention it, uh, on our check-in board when we have our house meeting, there's a fifth column after, you know, we look at, did you meet with your sponsor? Did you go to your meetings? Did you uh, uh, work on your recovery goal, your life goal? But the last column is uh, prayer. Mm-hmm. Ah. What do you want to pray for? What do you uh, What do you need prayer for? And so often, uh, you know, what what's great is that... Uh, in recovery and also in in, in uh, the Christian faith, uh, it really should get to a point where it's no longer about you. Mm-hmm. It's about serving others. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Uh, and as you serve others, you're transformed in, into being like Christ. And so now, most of the time, the prayers on the on the end of the board are not the person ask, shares asks for a prayer. It's not about them. It's about friends that are still struggling with the disease of addiction or or a family member that's ill, or so it's really become uh, others-centered. Yeah. That's what I love about you, Dan, is that uh, that I see that in you, and uh, I see that in yeah. in turning these two households over to uh, ministry and mm-hmm. uh, um, in serving the people that, uh, and the other folks that have been here in, the, in our studio too, you know, there's just such a joy in serving others and mm-hmm. uh, and and taking your faith beyond uh, yourself and and and, uh, and and reaching out and and that's where the, that's that's where you really begin to experience well, that's the fruit be- of the spirit. <coughs> that's where you become transformed right. into the person of yeah. Christ in, inside you. Yeah. And you know we're talking yeah. about drug and alcohol stuff, and that's pretty extreme. But you're also talking about feeding children. Uh, you know what? Uh, if you're a Christian, God will put a burden on your heart. Mm. And it could be, you know, grandiose and scary, or it could be very uh, simple service. It could be someone who knows how to uh, do finances and helps a struggling family with their finances. Yeah, we met with a guy this morning. He's helping us with our computer program, yeah. isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So the idea that God's given us a gift, and if you have that gift and you think, does somebody need this? It's probably the Holy Spirit saying, "Yeah, they do." So get out yeah. there. Yeah. So get out there and give yeah. that away. Get it, That's right. yeah. That's get right. it going. Wow. Yeah. I, for example, I picture a guy coming coming new into the program, who has not experienced and is scared to death that he's not going to be able to make it, mm-hmm. and scared that he's going to get sick because he hasn't really gotten <clears throat> entirely clean, and frightened to death that he's he's going to mess up and he's not going to make it. But there's other guys that have been in for a while yeah. that have begun to get to know Jesus that are maybe sleeping in the same room with this guy. <coughs> can yes. they be? Can they get in the process? Oh yeah, they they get heavily involved, and uh, and what's also great is uh, 
a, a lack of shame around failure has developed in like, you know, of course, if someone has relapsed and used drugs or drank, we can't keep them in the house because it'll jeopardize other people. Yeah. But guys in the house have said to me, Dan, he drank, but he seems like a decent guy. Can he stay until the morning? <laughs> because because uh, this other because one of the other guys in the house isn't working that day and has a car and will drive him two and a half hours away to treatment and come oh, back. Okay. So instead of the person being, a lot of times, you know, and, uh, people can get beat up for, you know, kind of mm. like, oh, you failed, get the heck out of our house. Yeah, yeah. But these guys have turned it into a real, uh, an understanding. Uh, a community. Uh, not even forgiveness. It's almost like there's no need for forgiveness because no one's judging them. And then uh, a community, yeah. and then this charitable action of, well, I'll drive you to it. It's my day off, but I'll take five hours to get you to treatment. Yeah. I mean, when I heard that, I'm like, wow. I, I'm, I'm <laughs> thinking, Dan, the, I mean, the ministry arena is very intense, and, and it's a, there is a failure rate. And how do you keep yourself well? I know you and your wife are, are into this heavily. Mm -hmm. uh, spiritually in every way, how do you pull away and, and, and help to keep yourself strong and well? <clears throat> well, I think it's a couple of things. One thing is that uh, we know we're not God. Mm. And so our will and what we want is not God's will or what he wants. So uh, we look at it this way. God puts someone in front of us, and we're called to love that person That's and, right. and give them help. Yeah. Now, uh, <coughs> what that person does with that or how and when that help mm. gets there mm -hmm. is completely out of our control. Oh. You can help someone today and it looks like it failed because they didn't make it. But you never know that that help may, uh, it might be a seed that's going to yeah. uh, come yeah. down the road. And then the other thing is Christians, you know, uh, our physical life here is only a grain of sand on the That's beach. That's right. That's right. Absolutely. Life is eternity with God. And so in the beginning, I thought, well, if we're going to do this work, it's all about keeping people alive. Well, in some situations, the work has become uh, being with people as they die. Mm -hmm. And I oh. think of one guy that came to the house, and he uh, got clean and sober and was was walking with a walker and got healthy and no longer needed a cane, and he got to the four month marker and uh, he told us he says you know this is I came from a crazy family I've never really had a a family and you guys have become my brothers this is my home and my family well the guy went to the meeting that night got his four month chip came back I mean he looked great he was getting healthy laid down went to bed and didn't wake up. Mm. Oh, wow. And so it's kind of funny, I mean, kind of strange. You would think you would be sad about it. But we were like, we were felt blessed because we thought, you know what? Mm. We got to uh, be in this guy's life. We got oh. to help him get healthy. We, we were able to become his family. So he died at home with his family. Yeah. And and he also started going to church. I think he was going to East Point. So he was with he was connected to Jesus. He had a family. He, yeah. The Lord took him at his high point. That's right. Yes, Amen. yes. He was yeah. ready to meet the Lord. And then there was another time oh. where uh, a guy went home, went to his grandmother's for the weekend and overdosed and died. Mm. And the mother and father came back to the house to get his stuff. And the mother said to me, can I sit here on the bed and hold his pillow and smell the pillow oh, and remember yeah. him? Oh. And I said, absolutely, take all the time you need. So she uh, she sat there and in the safety of the house was able to grieve the loss of his son. Mm -hmm. So I don't know, wow. within the scheme of eternity, I don't know what that means. I just know this. God called me to provide a safe, loving environment for this family to grieve the loss. You know, I feel like God sent them there to die. Right. Wow. Yeah. wow. So that the family would be able to uh, grieve him in a uh, safe and loving and Christian environment, yeah. So there's a lot more than meets the eye in sure. this business of a life being transformed by Jesus. Sure. There's a lot more to it. 725-9224. If you've got a question or a comment or a testimony, we'd love to hear from you. Or you can text us at 576-5648. Uh, 
Uh, we're here with Dan Mahoney, and uh, just blessed by your ministry, Dan. It's uh, it's it's it's, 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 mm. it's great. So uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit about um, what's going on with your your building needs, the physical uh, physical, physical building. Plant, yeah. <laughs> So uh, are, we, are we talking about it right now? Well, yeah. Let's, okay. let's let's talk a little bit about it, and and uh, and then we'll get back to some more stories uh, yeah, uh, of you know how how things are working. Sure. There at the thing. So so I I, I just to bring you up to date. Uh, we met I don't know last summer at some point, and uh, and I got to meet Dylan and uh, spent some time out at your facility there and saw what you're doing and and. Um, uh, you mentioned at that time that uh, that that your buildings are 120 years old, and they're 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 kind of they're kind of showing their age as yeah. we all do right now. And uh, <laughs> so, where are those located? Well, one one's it. Well, you you go ahead, Dan. Well, one building's about 80 years old, and that's in South Portland. The new one, newer one, yeah. <laughs> and the uh, uh, the uh, one that's 120 years old <coughs> is in Westbrook. And what happened was. Oh. Uh, uh, I you know I had it all figured out what it would need to, but they were rehabbed internally, and then I needed to bring them up to speed externally just to keep everything warm, safe, and dry. And so, about three years back, I got a low interest loan that would have that would have covered all of the rehabbing of the two exterior of the two buildings. Then this crazy thing called COVID happened, mm-hmm. and it stopped everything. You couldn't get contractors and. Uh, so all you know, and, well, I know the 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 price of lumber went yeah. through the roof. And so a couple of things happened: contractors, you know, weren't coming for a while, and then then they were all backed up. And so by the time I could get contractors to come up, come come to the houses to work, the uh, cost of labor increased forty percent, oh. and the cost of uh, materials increased seventy percent. Oh Lord! So the money that I had uh, to do one building. Got completely <laughs> spent on the eight-year-old building. Now the eight-year-old building looks beautiful. You pull up to it, it looks like a brand new construction. It's it's tight as a drum. Uh, but now the uh, the hundred and twenty-year-old building <laughs> needs work. <clears throat> so uh, uh, I'm praying that God will uh, provide whatever I need financially to start working on that in the spring. He always provides. Rob Miller and I went out there to uh, to visit uh, because of what you said, uh, and you know we we saw some of the issues with the house, and and uh, you know, one one side of the house doesn't have eaves on it, and so the water comes off the roof and runs right down the fascia, and the fascia's rotted out, and yeah, and uh, and that kind of stuff. And we had planned on going out there and and uh, bringing a team out there to to help uh, fix some of these problems, and. It turned out that we can't we can't do right. that because our insurance company won't let us uh, get yeah it's a, it's people a, that high on ladders. It's a three story building, right. so it's oh. a it's a building that has to have a a, a really yeah. skilled professional. Yeah. Right, yeah. so we we couldn't do that, and and uh, I have the skilled professional. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I just need to be able to buy his lunches for the next forty years. Yeah. So what is it that you, you need finances, I'm sure. Yeah. And if there's any contractors that are listening that may mm-hmm. be skilled in high work like that, I'm sure mm-hmm. you wouldn't refuse them if they called and said they'd like to <laughs> sure. give of their time. Give of their time, uh, you know, uh, it could be anything. It could be giving their time. It could be uh, uh, a discounted rate. It could be yeah. a Christian businessman who wants to do a very low-interest loan uh, uh, yeah. I don't, I you know, I don't know what God, I know God's going to provide and do it. I just don't know what it is. And so I'm talking to all his children out there. That's right. And we, we went out there and it's like there's a number of different projects. I mean, somebody wouldn't have to commit to the whole thing. I mean, right. there's the, the eaves on the house is one thing. You need a rubber roof on another piece of mm-hmm. the property. And, sure. And uh, every little, every little help, it, every yeah. little bit would help. Yeah. yeah. And uh, boy, if you have you have somebody that's struggling with uh, alcohol or, or drugs, uh, this would be a great great place to uh, to an, invest something in a mm-hmm. in a ministry that's really sure. really helping out in in a whole bunch of ways. And how do they get a hold of you, Dan? Yes, I was hoping you'd ask. Yeah. <laughs> so it's Dan Mahoney, and uh, my uh, cell phone is two zero seven three one seven seven six four six. 
You can call or text that line at any point in time. What is that number again? 207-317-7646. And you can contact through text or phone call anytime if you have someone who needs help. Um, and we'll certainly be willing to give them help. If we can't give them help, we would, uh, uh, you know, we're pretty connected to services all over New England. We can help find services for that loved one or person who's struggling with alcohol and drugs. And if you feel moved by the Holy Spirit to be a part of uh, helping renovate the exterior of the building, you can call or text that same number. <laughs> Anytime day or night, yeah. 207-317-7646. Now, you were really, um, when, when, when it, every time I've talked to you, Dan, and I really appreciate this, this is a, these houses are owned by you. Yes. And so this is not a not a tax deductible donation because uh, right. that's owned by you. But but you've been very very uh, open about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the ministry is uh, is a, is another entity. Uh, you've made these <coughs> houses available to you uh, to 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 use for this uh, mm-hmm. ministry at uh, you know at at. Well, in you, my you're, you're uh, not you're not making the money you would be out of those things if you're just renting them out and not having to deal with all right. this. Right, and the Lord, the, you know, the Lord takes care of me, so I'm 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 all, I'm never wanting anything. Uh, but one of the, one of my missions has been from the beginning is that a lot of times recovery residences and treatment can really be money making machines yeah. and really uh, bilk people of uh, you know huge upfront yeah. costs and. Uh, and, uh, you know, high rent charges. And uh, I've been committed since the beginning. There's no upfront costs. And uh, uh, my goal is to constantly keep the rent affordable so that someone could work at McDonald's yeah. and live there and get help and pay their bills without uh, a stretch, you know. Oh. I'm, I'm getting the I'm getting the hairy eyeball from uh, from the from the technician here. Uh, it's time to go to a break, so uh, we'll be right back at seven two five nine two two four five seven six fifty six forty eight. We'd love to hear from you. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Simple Faith. Uh, we're here with Dan Mahoney today and having a great time. We just uh, just feel like this is family here, uh, right Absolutely. here in the studio, Dan. So. Um, so you were saying uh, during the break, we have the most wonderful conversations during the break, don't <laughs> we? We do, yeah. yeah on, on, on air here too, but but uh, you feel like you've got a, uh, a kind of a mission. Uh, you're not young anymore, and, mm-hmm. uh, and you're, you, you, you said your wife feeds you oatmeal in the morning and something yeah. might happen. Well, you know, people have always <laughs> said to me, uh, as soon as I opened them up, Christians and pastors and stuff have said, these, need to, these houses need to last, Dan. Yeah, and then especially because people learned that my business model is uh, to, uh, you know, unfortunately, uh, recovery work has become a big business, and people use uh, families that are vulnerable. Uh, they'll drain them dry of money, mm-hmm. and they know they can get away with it because the family's distraught. They're willing to right. finance their houses and all kinds of stuff. Uh, one of the guys that's with us right now, his father took out money out of his retirement. His father's in his 70s. Took The father took money out of his uh, retirement account to send his son to uh, a detox because it was so expensive. Oh. And then the detox wanted to send him off to expensive treatment. And uh, the father and the son were like, we can't afford to do this. And someone said, well, Dan Mahoney's got a house about a mile up from here. And it'll give you, they can give you the same help for uh, $650 a, a, a week, mm-hmm. a month, mm-hmm. versus like 30000 Yeah. Yeah. So Thank uh, God. Yeah. Thank God. And so the, the mission is, uh, is to, you know, it's twofold. I need to keep everything up to speed. But I'm also constantly watching what I spend so that I can keep the uh, cost down. So we don't have any upfront costs coming to the house in fact i think you uh the first few weeks that somebody there there's no cost at all is that correct yeah some people were actually able to get uh we've raised some money to help some people uh not have to pay rent for a couple months i was gonna say how do you do that well but i uh, guess like you've i've heard you say a couple of times god provides absolutely so you know the goal is to keep the cost of things uh low so that uh Somebody can come to the house, and when they yeah. actually end up going to work, 
they could work at McDonald's and comfortably pay their rent, live in a safe environment, pay their rent, their groceries, uh, um, you know, save money to pay off their fines so they can get their, a car back on the road. Yeah. So, so if, a, if a person comes in, like, to detox, I mean, they're coming right off the street, and they may not have, you know, what it, in other words, you know, requiring money up front, mm-hmm. um, but yet when they are in the mend and now they can work, you require them to 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 do something to contribute. To, to pay an affordable rate, yeah. Right. When they first come for detox, we, uh, we've... Uh, raised funds mm-hmm. where uh, <coughs> someone can be there for one to three months and not have to worry about finances while they, you know, get through Yeah, those, while uh, the hard time, the yeah. tough work is being done. Mm-hmm. But that's also also a part of their recovery, though, is responsibility. Oh, absolutely. They have chores at the house and they're they're supposed to, you know, go to their doctor and take care of their physical well-being. <laughs> if they've got fines with probation or parole, uh, they're supposed to get ready to, you know, make a deal with probation or parole that once they're working, they can pay their fines off. So it's about it's a, what really happens is somebody comes there and they're they're a ward of the state or they're a, they're an adult, but either the state or the family or whatever is constantly paying their bills to uh, take care of them. And our goal is that within thirty days to sixty days that responsibility transfers to, transfers to them. So someone comes uh-huh. to the house day one, they're a problem in the community. By day 60, they're a part of the the uh, resolution. They're a member of the community paying taxes. Contributing right. to the community. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 So they're a part of the problem when they get there. Yeah. Within sixty days, they're a part of the solution. Isn't that wonderful? How, how many how many people do you lose after that uh, that uh, first thirty to sixty days, and and uh, all of a sudden they 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 realize they've got to be part of the solution? <clears throat> well, it's interesting. Money, uh, <coughs> someone having funding, can be either a blessing or a curse. Sometimes people, uh, you know, you can give them funding and take care of their bills and their food and all that, their rent and their food. And they can they can go to sleep and become dependent. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So if if we're helping them get the grants, but we're instilling responsibility in them, like okay, you got sixty days now. Let's let's get through the steps. Let's get restored to uh, a faith community, a church. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's get to the doctor. Let's get uh, your uh, picture ID, uh, so that when the sixty days hits, you're able to get a job and get going, then that actually ends up being a blessing and they're actually ready yeah, to Yeah, I, I think that's such a powerful piece of the rehab that uh, that they actually get doing something and mm-hmm. not just laying in a bed and or whatever they do. Yeah. And uh and, and you know, being fed, you know, to, to actually step out and, and get get active. I think that's so important. <laughs> and the I would say ninety at least ninety percent of the guys engage in that. Yeah. And they don't like it's not like they, they time out at sixty days then they just take off. Yeah. I would say at least ninety percent of the guys engage in that, and then use and and make use of that as a foundation. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, Bob. What, what I was going to ask, I've I've had people say, um, well, you don't need the twelve step program. You know, God can do it miraculously. Mm-hmm. But you shared something with me before about how do you monitor their progression if you don't have a means to monitor that. <laughs> well, true. The twelve steps is a is a method of monitoring, but what happens is that when you are disconnected, you know, a healthy person living life on life's terms of the way mm-hmm. you're supposed to live, you're living in connection and community and in service to each other. You know, so Bob, you're serving me. I'm serving you. We're serving each other. That's the antithesis of addiction. When you're in addiction, you're completely self-absorbed. You're disconnected from your family. You know your relationship with the police is not that they're keeping you safe; it's that they're looking to put you in jail. So everything is in reverse. And so what happens with the twelve steps is uh, it's a system of 
re-engaging in a right relationship with God, with yourself, with other people. And so when you go through the step four, you take a moral inventory. Okay, what happened in my in in my life, and what's my part in it, and uh, how can I, uh, you know? So where do I actually stand in reference to the uh, the process of life? Mm-hmm. And so, uh, and so th- then the person asks God uh, himself and another human being to uh, give them the power to uh, do the right thing. <coughs> so as soon as they do that, and now they look at the people they've offended, and now instead of being an active addict and saying, you know, I'll never do this again, Mom, the person's now a clean and sober addict mm-hmm. and goes back and says, Mom, I, th- I love you and I thank you for your patience. I'm sorry what I did, and I'm here today to help you in whatever way I can help you and give back to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so yeah. is that is that restoration as that baggage is dropped, and that restoration happens with relationships, that person's body, soul, and spirit and mind just gets completely regenerated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to say, that has to have an impact on the individuals that's going through this process to get to the pos- p- place sure. where all of a sudden they can start repairing some yeah. of the damage they've done. They're now serving people that they were <gasps> stealing from or wow. abusing or, you know. And this is a boost. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Wow, wow. You You mentioned, Dan... A while back, you mentioned one of the people that came into the program who was really broken and a mess and who had two sisters who were trying to get him, trying to help him, and were going through a whole lot of pain and struggle. Did, did, <coughs> did you get involved with those, those well, two well, sisters well, at all? Well, that's a current case uh, where the person just came to us. Okay. And I was on the phone with the sisters, and... Uh, uh, so we started talking, and I said to the sisters, I said, wow, this is great. Your brother has two sisters. And I explained there, and I said, uh, I have two older sisters, and uh, they're the reason why I'm alive. Ah. And so, of course, that, you know, made her feel, she's really worried. That made her feel better. And I said, yeah, my, my one sister was a nurse, and she would bandage me up and keep me going. And my other sister was a teacher, and she kept me from flunking out. Yeah. In fact, she oh. eventually got, I was a mess, and she got me, uh, you know, learning and studying and going to junior college, and eventually enabled me to graduate, you know. And, uh, and the, the one sister said, wow, I'm a nurse, you know. Wow. So, okay. Uh, well, will you, will you stay in contact with these two sisters of this guy? Uh, most likely, you know. It sounds like they're going to be calling and checking on him good, on good. a regular basis. <laughs> so they would actually start getting involved a little bit in this process of change, of transformation that's going to go on in him. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I got to believe that there's a lot of people out there who are discouraged uh, and, and uh, working through this issue in yeah. their families. Or, uh, or you know, with with uh, with friends, and uh, what kind of advice would you give them, Dan? <clears throat> well, a couple of pieces. One piece is that everybody who gets uh, clean and sober and freed from this uh, terrible disease of addiction, everybody will say it's a miracle. You know, even people who are cynics mm-hmm. and uh, agnostics. Mm-hmm. They'll say, I'm an agnostic, but something happened and a miracle happened yeah. in my life. <laughs> so they see it as a miracle. Yeah. So you've got to believe that the, that the miracle is possible. Mm-hmm. That's one piece. The second piece is you have to realize that you can't save your loved one. Yeah. You, know, you, know, uh, you can't. Like, it's got to come from them. Yeah, you can't follow them around. You can't take away their car keys. You can't uh, send them to the most expensive rehabs in the world. Mm-hmm. You uh, you can love them, uh, and the most powerful thing you can do is pray for them. You know? Yeah. Because you pray for them, and hopefully the miracle gets well. The miracle always gets presented to them. Mm-hmm. It's whether they decide to put their claws in the miracle yeah. and hang right. on. Yeah. And so believe in the miracle. Uh, 
realize that you're only a human being. You can't save anybody. It's the Holy Spirit that's got to save people. And then pray that uh, God would present the miracle and that your loved one would wake up and see it in front of them. Wow. (laughs) Wow. How do they get a hold of you? And uh, why don't you go ahead and finish out and okay, you got a minute. So uh, how do you get a hold of Dan Mahoney? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you can text or call 207-317-7646 in order to ask for help. <coughs> or if you decide you want to be a part of the solution of trying to figure out how to keep a 120-year-old building from leaking on guys in early recovery. And... Uh, uh, you know, if I if I'm if I'm not available when the phone when the text comes, uh, I'll see it within a couple hours. Uh, for whatever reason, for me helping you or, or you helping me or us helping each other. Yeah. Well, here's a brother in the Lord, and uh, and yes. uh, uh, you know, as always, we come on the air and we're 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 presenting these needs, we're presenting opportunities to uh, to get involved and to uh, to actually employ your faith to get it to work uh, so that you can experience the, the the power that comes along with that and uh, Dan is a Dan is a brother I know that yes. for sure I know that for sure so we've uh, we, we've seen him ourselves and have been there to his place and met Dylan and a bunch of the guys there and it's uh, it's it's been a it's been an experience and uh, God bless you for what you're doing and I just hope that uh, I'm going to be watching that building over there it's about a block away from my daughter's house so we'll be uh, we'll be watching and <laughs> seeing what are God does straight. <laughs> yeah, that's right thank you so much and uh, we'll be back next Saturday God bless thanks for joining us thank you.